1970, I was serving as a corporal in the U.S. Army and deployed to South Vietnam in a region about 30 miles south of the DMZ. At the time, I was second in command of a squad of soldiers. We had set up a biovac in a jungle area that had a few steep hills. That evening, my section was ordered to patrol one of the small valleys west of the encampment. We moved out, led by our sergeant. Not long after entering one of the small valleys, we detected movement ahead of us. It seemed to be scattered activity, so we doubted it was VC, but we weren't positive. We hunkered down for about 15 minutes, getting occasional glimpses of something moving within the trees and brush. There wasn't enough light to detect what we were observing, even though the moonlight was pretty bright that night. After a while, the activity halted, so we continued to move slowly through the valley. As we approached a sheer wall on the hill, it looked like someone or something had stacked large stones and boulders in the pass in front of us. There was also an opening in the hillside that looked like a cave entrance, approximately 5 foot high and 3 foot wide, narrowing at the top. When observing the passageway, it appeared to have been cut away by machinery. The edges were smooth, with small, even spaced grooves. We were puzzled because we had never seen enemy caves like this, just underground tunnels. The sergeant suggested that it may be a VC supply depot, so we started to assess how we were going to investigate the cave. About this time, things got very strange. We began to notice a putrid odor emanating from the cave entrance. The only thing I can compare it to was rotting eggs and human decay. It was so revolting that a few of the soldiers were becoming ill and started to back away into the jungle, including the sergeant. I was directing a light into the entrance in order to observe her anything, but there was a haze that was impossible to see through. We had no idea what was before us. The entire squad took a position in the heavy brush, approximately 150 feet from the entrance, far enough not to be detected, but close enough to observe the cave entrance. We quietly remained there for what seemed like forever. The jungle was strangely calm, even though we heard rumbling sounds coming from the distance. It was really eerie. The sergeant was sitting near me talking to himself. It was obvious that he was frightened. I was looking at the rest of the squad. Each had wide eyes and was scanning the area. No one was going to doze off during this patrol. After several hours, dawn was approaching and it started to lighten up. I checked my watch. It was just before 5am. Just then, we noticed movement in the front of the cave. A being, I first thought it was a man, moved through the entrance into the clearing in front of the cave. As it stood up from a crouch, it stood at least 7 feet high and it started to look in our direction. At that time, another similar looking creature was moving out of the cave. They were making these hellish hissing sounds and looking directly at us. The only way I can describe these beings is that they look like upright lizards. Their scaly, shiny skin was very dark, almost black. Snake-like faces with forward-set eyes that were very large. They had arms and legs like a human, but with scales. 
I didn't notice any tails, though they wore long, one-piece dark green robes, along with a dark cap-like covering on their heads. I never noticed if they had anything on their feet. No one gave the order. It seemed like the entire squad opened fire at once. Every piece of vegetation between us and them was quickly sheared away. I yelled out a ceasefire order. At the same time, I was looking in the direction of the cave. There was nothing there. We immediately checked our flank in case they had circled around us, but there was nothing. As we approached the cave, ready to resume action if needed, it became apparent that the beings had escaped, most likely back into the cave. It was soon decided to set charges and close the cave entrance. When we returned to camp, we all seemed to be in a daze. There was little discussion of the incident, and we were never debriefed, so I know the sergeant never filed a report. My husband and I were camping in Badlands National Park one October a few years ago. The entire park was nearly abandoned since peak camping season had ended, but we were fine with that. It felt secluded and exciting to us relative newlyweds. If you haven't been there, Google a picture of the Badlands and you'll see its breathtaking, if unsettling, natural beauty. There were no towns to speak of, only the small village nearby where there was a school, a church, and a few shops and hotels for tourists. At night, it got so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. The first and only night we stayed there, my husband and I met the ranger on duty, who warned us that it was just us that night, and the ranger's cabin was far from our sight in the event that we ran into trouble. But we were experienced campers, so this news really didn't worry us at all. It just made the prospect more exciting, being all alone in such a beautiful place. After we set up the tent and cooked our dinner, we decided to get set up inside the tent, since we were coming off a long day of driving and were pretty exhausted. We talked for a while, before I heard the heavy, regulated breathing that told me I was the last one awake, and I noticed how profoundly quiet it was outside. We lived in Chicago at the time, so I should have found this silence a welcome change, but I didn't. It unnerved me deeply. A few hours later, I jolted awake, only to feel the alert body of my husband sitting up next to me. He was listening for something. Almost immediately, I heard what must have woken me. The frenzied beating of what sounded like hundreds of drums. We held our breath as we listened for what felt like hours. It never wavered, never lessened. In fact, it seemed to get louder and louder. Eventually, we both lay down and tried to fall asleep again, but neither of us did. We left at first light the next morning. As we left the park, the ranger asked if we had any trouble, and commented that we looked like we hadn't slept a wink. We looked at each other for a second before we decided to tell her what we heard. She stopped for a moment to consider this before she tapped the hood of our car and wished us a safe journey, with no explanation about the drums. On the way home, I looked up the history of the Badlands and found out about the ghost dance of the Sioux. Its purpose was to reunite the living with the dead 
and rid the lands of the homesteaders who had taken it from them. We still don't know what we heard that night, but we both feel it was something paranormal. I still get chills thinking about it. I was deer hunting on Pigeon Mountain and was following a group of deer when I shot and wounded an almost solid black buck with a large rack. The buck followed a well-worn game trail, and I had trailed the deer by blood drops. It was getting dark, and the terrain was getting difficult to continue, and I had no light. I had to turn and come down the mountain. I began to feel like I wasn't alone. There were none of the normal animal sounds, birds, squirrels, etc. Then, I heard something coming down the mountain, taking a parallel path I was taking. I couldn't see anything. There were limbs breaking, leaves rustling, and then I would hear nothing. I had unloaded my gun for safety, but I reloaded because I had never heard an animal move through the woods like this one. Myself, one other person, and the owner were the only people allowed to hunt in the area, and the terrain it was using was too rough for a human to travel, much less move at the speed it was moving. One minute, it would sound like a raging bull, and the next minute, it would move down the mountain not making a sound. I heard a grunt and a growl. I was terrified and felt as if I was being stalked by something I had never encountered before. When I stopped, so did it. When I moved slow, it moved slow. When I moved faster, it moved faster. I was most worried when I heard nothing. I reached the base of the mountain and had taken a wrong turn and had put myself in front of a large briar patch. I didn't let that stop me. I dove through the briars cutting and scratching myself. I finally reached the safety of my truck and once again heard the grunting noise from behind me. I did not return for the buck I had shot or ever hunt in that area again. I never saw anything, but something large was in the woods that night. I have not felt safe in the woods since. I had hunted, fished, and farmed in the area all my life. I felt as though I knew all the animals in the woods and the sounds they made as they moved. But I'm not sure anymore. So this happened in 2017, but I keep thinking about it. And as it happened right where I'm currently sitting, I wanted to get it off my chest by writing about it. I've only told my husband, and it still bothers me, so here we go. Context, without too much personal info. I work at a remote location, miles from anything, except a large, dangerous, industrial area. We're a rural clinic, EMS response, and fire brigade. Kind of our own little city out here. But I work overnights, so for most of my shift, it's dark and hopefully quiet. The clinic doesn't get used at night, unless of course someone is ill or injured. Otherwise, I'm on call and doing other tasks. At the time, my husband was also here, though we worked on the complete opposite end and we only saw each other at lunchtime or if he wanted to come hang out for a minute or show me something. My mind hadn't been shut off to the possibility of paranormal activity, but nothing had ever happened that made me actually afraid or gave me pause. Now, there have been multiple deaths and dismemberments out here 
and I would say most of the people who work here have a paranormal experience to share, no matter what area they're in. I can share some of those if there's any interests, but they're not my personal stories, so I can't tell you how truthful they are. I will say that some of the stuff that's happened is very, very tragic, and we're all probably going to go gray a little early. So, it was winter, and cold, and even darker than it gets right now in August. It was maybe 2 or 3 a.m., and things were normal and quiet. To describe the layout of my work area, picture a large L-shaped counter, like in a hospital. On the short side of the counter, farthest from me, and opposite of where I exit the area, there's a door and a large apparatus that's covered in plastic tarp. This tarp and its contents sits pretty close to the floor. From where I sit at my desk, I can't see the tarp because it's so low, maybe two and a half feet high at the very most. The door opens outward, meaning I hear the door open before I see it open, if I'm sitting at my desk. The department building isn't airtight, yay for me, so during windy nights, that door will bang if it's not latched. I make sure it's latched because who wants to sit and listen to that shit? I was at my desk and decided to get up and go do something. I don't remember what, but while I was in the back room, I thought I heard the door open and then click shut. My husband is unintentionally a fucking ninja, and he always scares the shit out of me by just appearing in random places, so I thought it was him, and I even called out his name to tell him where I was, but I got nothing. So I go back in the room and glance at the door. It was shut. Now, immediately, I feel kind of uneasy, even though employees come and go anytime they need something. I help with a lot of stuff that isn't clinic related, and sometimes they're working in this area on plumbing or maintenance. So I stood there, listening, to see if anyone had maybe gone into the clinic looking for me or was doing any work. I didn't hear anything, but I kept feeling more and more uneasy. I was behind the L counter now, and something seemed to tell me to stay put. Instinct, maybe. So I listened and stayed put. Then, I heard a crinkling noise by the door. It was the tarp. Keep in mind, the doors latched at this point. Someone just coming in randomly wouldn't have done that behind them, and there's no airflow around the door. It sounded like someone had touched or brushed it, and I immediately wondered if someone was crouched down on the other side of the counter. People here don't fuck with me or anything like that, but you never know, so I waited to see what else would happen. A few seconds later, I heard what I can only describe as a shifting sound, like if you're on a tile floor and you move your weight. A whispering, barely audible noise. Right then, the phone rings, and I decided to take this opportunity to pretend to be oblivious and loud. If it's a worker or my husband fucking with me, they'll think I don't know they're there, and no big deal. They'll jump out, or whatever dumb thing they're going to do. However, this is very uncharacteristic of my husband, but I didn't know what else to think. On the other hand, if it was someone with bad intentions, I could at least make them think that they had the element of surprise if that makes sense at all. It ended up being a random department with a random question. I answered and chatted, 
and just the sound of my voice in the room seemed too loud. Like something sinister was there. I chatted another minute and hung up and immediately called my husband. I acted like nothing was wrong, but asked if he could come help me with something, and he said he'd be there in a minute. It was about a five minute drive from his workspace to mine. Meanwhile, the uneasiness is growing, and I peek over the ledge without moving from my desk, but the counter was so high I couldn't see anything. I had two options, go lean over the counter and be face to face with someone, or go the long way around and then be face to face with them with a counter in between us. Naturally, I did the denial thing and just fired up some music on the radio desk and waited for someone to end the gag. But then, the super quiet, shuffling sound started again, and this time, they were more audible, and they started moving. I turned to follow the sound, and I swear it was just like someone was crawling or creeping along the tile to go to the clinic. I was too scared to even say anything, and this is the scariest part. I saw the top of the form as it crept by over the counter. All of our people were the same colors, a deep blue or brown. This was black and looked just like a bent or curved back. Exactly how someone would look if they were crouched over. No visible head, just a black thing, creeping very quietly into the clinic room. If it was a human and not something else, he or she was definitely not supposed to be here. After it went into the room, it was silent for a minute, but then came the bootsteps, also trying to be quiet. But I heard several footfalls, and that was the moment when I snapped out of it. Because, obviously, this person was not trying to jump scare or attack me, which meant they were up to some other shit, and I was about to find out what. Right when I walk out from behind the counter and into the clinic, my husband enters, and I immediately told him to help me check out the area. He did so, and we split up and combed the entire building, which is only one story and maybe five or six rooms. I had a line of sight to all the doors, and trust me, no one could have gotten in or out. I was super baffled, and that's when I told him about it and told him how freaked out I was. He calmed me down and went back to work, but by now, I was 100% jumpy and on edge. I even called a few friends to ask if they'd send someone for a prank, but they were all totally clueless and baffled. My building's windows look out on literally the only entrance a road that you can see someone coming down for miles because it's in the desert. On one of my many checks of scanning outside, I got the biggest scare when I saw someone at the end of our parking lot. It was incredibly empty and maybe 50 yards long, and our streetlights don't quite illuminate the end of it, so it's more of an ambient darkness and then washed out streetlight night. So I'm scanning and stop dead on this figure. A huge person. Like a football player kind of build. We have plenty of those out here, but again, we have designated colors. This guy was in all white. Actually, his look kind of reminded me of a hazmat suit. He had white feet, white hands, which were at his sides, white one-piece coverall and some type of hat, 
maybe a hard hat, or maybe a hood, but whatever it was, he was big and dressed in white, so he stood out. He had what I would call a menacing stance. I tried to Google images, but I couldn't find what I'm trying to describe. His arms were out at his sides, but sort of bowed. The back of his hands were facing me, and his shoulders were puffed up or prominent. He was staring right at me too, and I was in front of a very reflective window, which you can't even see anything in at night because I keep the lights off. I was so scared and had a million thoughts. A weird intruder or a weird EPA person, a weird super lost desert festival person, a terrorist, a weird employee with incorrect clothing. But I looked down at the door to pull it open so I could go outside. And when I looked back up, he was completely gone. There wasn't anything around to hide behind. The closest cars were maybe 30 feet from him. Still not sure what all that was about that night, but nothing like it has ever happened since. And it still makes me uneasy to think about it. When I lived in South Africa, I traveled a lot with a Christian missionary, humanitarian aid worker. He handled the spiritual stuff. I tended to work more with the local people, helping them with non-spiritual issues. In July 2010, we went to a village in the middle of nowhere. As soon as we stepped out the truck, we knew something was wrong. We hadn't been able to contact our guy in the village all day, and there was no one around at all. We went from house to house, looking for, well, anyone, but everywhere was completely empty. Eventually, we saw a figure run around the corner of a building on the far side of the village. It was a young woman, stark naked, running straight for us. Her arms were flailing, and she was running like an animal, occasionally dropping to all fours, then back on her feet. As she got closer, the guy I was with told me to get back in the truck. Then, he screamed at me to get back in the truck. I'd seen this guy watch a witch doctor burn a dozen chickens alive and not bat an eyelid. So when he lost his shit, I knew it was serious. I closed the truck door as she reached us. She was covered in blood. There were cuts and slices all over her face, arms, and breasts. And one of her ears was missing. There was a lot of blood. Her teeth were bloody. And she had a look in her eye of absolute untamed rage. The screeching sound she made is unlike anything I've ever heard before or since. I can still hear it so vividly in my mind. Looking into her face, seeing her wide psychotic eyes and gaping mouth as she made that unholy sound froze me in my seat. The guy had started the truck and already started reversing up the dirt track, but she followed. He turned the car all the while she was scratching at the windows and metalwork and then sped off. She followed us. She didn't keep up, obviously, but for a while, I thought she was going to. I've never seen someone run that fast in bare feet. The journey back to our base town was almost silent. I spent most of it concentrating on the sound of my own breathing and the rumble of the road. I asked the guy I was with what that was and what we should do. He said the girl was no doubt insane had a psychotic break or something. But the locals would have immediately thought she was possessed. 
and she didn't kill herself, but the other villagers would within days. He suggested they had gathered in one house for safety. So, I had a football coach back in high school who used to be a truck driver. He told us this story that freaked us all out pretty bad. He was driving through a small town in Montana when he was a lot younger and newly married. He said that the route he was on ran alongside just fields and fields of hay, grain, or whatever. Since it was late summer, early fall, it wasn't even approaching dark yet. Anyway, he's driving along when he sees a hitchhiker on the shoulder. This being back in the day and in small town Montana, my teacher pulled over to let the guy in without a second thought. The man was described as wearing a really old, outdated style of suit. Not quite a zoot suit, but styled in a similar baggy way. He also had a big stylish hat. This guy looked like he was out of the 40s, and sort of like a pimp. My teacher thought it was weird that he was so overdressed, it being super hot out, but maybe that was the only clothing that he had. So, the guy gets in next to my teacher without a word. My teacher asks him where he needs to go and the guy just points forward. My teacher drives on. Later, my teacher tried talking to the guy, just trying to make simple conversation, but the guy wouldn't speak or even acknowledge him. He just pulled his hat down like he was sleeping. Out of nowhere, the guy just tips up his hat, looks out the window and says, Stop the car. Now. My teacher pulls over and lets him out, not wanting to offend a possibly crazy man. The guy stands on the side of the road for a second, and then, at a dead sprint, just runs off into the field beside the road, until my teacher couldn't see him anymore. Granted, the crop was fairly tall. He waits there for a while, thinking maybe the guy had the runs or something, and didn't want to shit next to the road. After a long enough wait, my teacher gets back in the truck, and starts to accelerate back onto the road. The thing about really old trucks is, they don't accelerate very fast. As my teacher got back onto the road, he looked in his rearview mirror to check for a safe merge, but there wasn't a car in sight. What there was, was the hitchhiker, on all fours like an animal, running or crawling after the truck at a supernatural speed. Meanwhile, my teacher is beginning to fishtail as he attempts to go faster, and the whole time his eyes glued on the mirror, watching the man chase after his car. Eventually, he was able to get up to speed and lost sight of the guy in his mirror. When he was able to stop at a gas station to use a payphone, he called his wife at home to tell her the story and to lock up the house. She thinks he's just messing with her, and he had been talking to her co-worker about the hitchhiker. When he asked her why she would think that, apparently, at her office in the town she worked in, one of her co-workers told her a story of the exact same thing happening to them, and it was a well-known urban legend in that town. She thought it was just folks playing with the new girl at work, who had to drive home alone at night. Anyway, my teacher assured her that he was not lying, and she evidently believes him and can vouch for her side of the story, because she showed up to one of our fundraisers and I asked her about it. So yeah, now, I just avoid lonely roads in Montana. This happened in the spring of 2007. My then-boyfriend and I were on our way from New York down to Miami to go to a music festival. We were driving south on the highway 
along the east coast of central Florida when we pulled into a rest area so that he could catch a nap. He had been driving all day when he decided that he desperately needed a short rest before getting back behind the wheel. We had very recently bought the van and he did not think I could handle maneuvering it, so he was doing all the driving. I later proved him wrong. He parked and jumped in the back of the van and laid down on the futon mattress we had laid there. He told me to leave him alone and he proceeded to pass out from exhaustion. I was pretty freaked out because the rest area building was unmanned, locked up, and dark inside. The restrooms were closed. The small rest area building was surrounded by dark woods. There were about four other cars in the small parking lot, but no sign of any drivers. So I imagine they were having an emergency laydown as well. Normally, I would never have set a foot outside the van alone in such a scenario. My instincts told me not to get out of the van, but I had taken some Midol for some menstrual cramps and they had given me brutal nausea. I really needed some pretzels. I mustered up all of my courage and opened the passenger side door and squeezed through the space between our vehicle and the vehicle that was parked directly next to it. As soon as I had a clear line of sight to the front of the rest stop building, I saw the thing. I saw it clearly. Straight ahead, I saw the brightly lit front of the rest stop. To the left of the doors was it. I was flooded with what I consider a telepathic message from the being. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I must travel by night and exist in darkness. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. I cannot be seen. And I felt an enormous wave of compassion for the being, rather than fear, which may seem a more logical reaction to someone hearing this story. For some reason, my brain only categorized it as one thing initially, an outsider worthy of compassion and tolerance. Its skin was pure chalk white, not the skin tone white, the color white. Its eyes were several times larger than ours. It had two little air holes for a nose and a very thin mouth. Its frame was completely concealed by its enormous, long, black hooded robe. It looked as though it were quite gaunt underneath, pretty frail looking. It was sitting on its bottom, knees bent, back against the brick front of the rest area. It was sitting with its back very straight, tall and erect. It seemed in awe of me, or maybe in awe that I was actually approaching it. It looked vaguely like a human, very vaguely. Its face was snake-like, its eyes were right on me. I threw a little everyday smile in its direction and then I did something strange. I continued to walk toward the rest area even after I saw it. I walked toward the rest area building, closer to it. I walked forward about 20 feet from the rear of the van to the rest area steps, up to 20 or so steps and to the right where the vending machine was located. And my thoughts at this point were very bizarre in retrospect. I felt bad for the thing. 
I didn't want it to feel different. I know that sounds hilariously quaint, if we are indeed talking about an interdimensional being, but I didn't want to run back into the van because I didn't want to hurt its feelings. I didn't want to make it feel like a freak. It had already told me that it could not be seen due to the way people would react, so I wanted it to know that I didn't judge it for the way it looked and that I was willing to come to terms with its horrific appearance in order to extend some humanity to it. So, it was with that very bizarrely strong conviction to stay righteous and humane to it that I walked toward the vending machine. I actually got the pretzels. I'm telling you, my stomach was churning. I used the vending machine with my back to it. Snyder's in hand, I swiveled around to look at it again before descending back down the stairs. It was at that moment that pure terror rippled through me. I was closer to it now, approximately 15 feet away, and I could see now that there was definitely no way that it was human. It was staring right at me like a wide-eyed insect. It was still in exactly the same position, except for that it had turned its head to look at me better as my position changed. It looked like an alien. It looked like a demon. It was not human. Its huge, one-dimensional eyes. Were they totally black? I'm not sure, but I know that it did not have white in its eyes. They were almond-shaped, like the classic alien eye that we all know. It was then that I realized it was extremely fucking tall. Unthinkably tall. Although I was standing and it was sitting, its head still stood taller than mine. Its huge eyes were fixed on me totally, with fascination, alarm, and with the most intense focus, just like the way my cat looks at something right before she pounces on it. When I had made the decision to climb the stairs toward it and to not retreat to the van, I felt that it was sitting on top of something, and that's why its head was raised up so high. Now, from this closer perspective, I could see that it was not sitting on anything but its own butt. If I had realized that it was this fucking tall at the start, I very well may have not gone up the stairs. So, after the ripple of terror went through me, I responded by smiling the way you smile at a stranger when your eyes catch on the bus. I shouted a casual, thin, hey, how you doing smile. Why and how I acted, as if things were totally fucking normal, I cannot explain. I have never acted so cool in my life. There is a Seinfeld episode where Elaine says that one of the reasons that she's a decent person is because when I see freaks in the street, I never stare at them, and yet I'm careful not to look away because I want to make the freaks feel comfortable. So that's actually what was going through my head, believe it or not. If I were to guess what the thing was doing when I encountered it, judging by its body language, I would say that it was somewhat displaced and resting. But I have no clue. Maybe it was in the middle of something far more sinister. It didn't look like a mutant or an experiment. It looked ancient, timeless, placeless, graceful, and horrible. It was also firmly in this dimension when I saw it. It was not a hazy vision in the slightest. The lighting was not dim. 
The extremely bright lights that illuminated the front of the rest area building revealed every contour of this entity. If only I'd been closer, I could have provided much more detail about its facial features. As I was walking back to the van, I quickly strategized about how to make sure that my fear did not paralyze me and prohibit me from getting safely inside the car. I decided not to look back or even around me as I turned the key because if I saw that it had moved or I saw it coming toward me, I would have been too terrified to manage with the car keys. I got in the van. I locked the door. I screamed that we needed to leave immediately. And we did. As we drove away, about 90 seconds after it was last in my sight, I looked out the window and saw it was gone. There was nothing where it had been. Just brick wall and concrete floor. When I was younger, a group of friends and I were longboarding around a nature park near my house. This nature park had a lake that was bordered by a walkway on one side, with lights only maybe every 50 or so feet. We were standing maybe two or three lights from the end, throwing bread into the water for ducks when we decided to leave. So we start kicking. I'm at the back of the line when I turn around and notice standing in the beam of the last light, maybe 40 or 50 feet away, is what looks like a woman in a white gown with black hair walking towards us. She had her arms crossed as if she were cold. I watched her for maybe four or five seconds when she looked up at us and then suddenly set off towards us at a dead sprint. We start laughing, thinking someone's fucking with us, but we started kicking pretty hard. It's important to note that when you're kicking hard on a longboard, you can easily cruise at about 15 or 20 miles per hour. So we're all laughing or whatever when I turn around again. This woman is catching up to us. We had never seen someone run that fast for that long. We all panicked and began kicking as hard as we could. We were easily at 20 to 25 miles per hour at this point. As we hit the last light, I dared to turn my head around again to notice that this woman was only 15 feet behind us. Her features were exaggerated. Her arms were way too long. Her hands were huge and her fingers looked like they had extra joints in them. I couldn't see any detail in her face, but she was soundlessly keeping pace with my friends and I. The nature park had what we call the boardwalk that connected it to the nearby subdivision of neighborhoods where I lived. We were kicking as hard as we could for it. She was maybe five feet behind me when we hit the wood of the boardwalk. As soon as we did, she just stopped dead in her tracks. We went maybe 50 feet down before we stopped and watched this thing. She stood there for a minute and then she turned and walked into the tree line of the nearby woods, squatted behind a tree and poked her head out watching us. We probably got the fuck out. My friends and I only ever talked about it once and my buddy who was at the front of the line was kicking so hard to get away that he tore a hole in his shoe. If anyone has any idea what could have pursued us that night, I would love to hear it. So, my husband is a major skeptic, and that's why I was shocked at what he told me he saw last night, or actually, very early this morning, between the hours of 3 and 5 a.m. I kept trying to get him to admit he was joking, but 
he was dead serious and assured me that he definitely saw something he couldn't explain. He said he woke up and couldn't go back to sleep, so he went downstairs. This isn't unusual for him. He often wakes up super early and doesn't go back to sleep. We live in a row of townhouses. Our downstairs is at a second floor level with our living room, dining room, and kitchen area and a sliding glass door that opens up to a small enclosed deck and overlooks a strip of wooded area that makes up our backyard. He was sitting in a recliner that is positioned directly across the room from the doors with nothing but the TV on to his right in the corner next to the glass doors. He could see the outside clearly enough. After about a half an hour or 45 minutes of watching TV, some movement outside caught his eye. He said he turned to look and plainly saw a woman floating several feet away from the deck, just hovering in his line of sight, right over our backyard, maybe 8 to 10 meters from where he sat. He says she didn't seem to notice him. She slowly floated across our backyard toward the right until she disappeared from his view. He didn't get up to see where she went. He just sat there and tried to process it. Since we live in a row of townhouses and the area is pretty well lit, I'm wondering how many backyards she traversed and if anyone else saw her. Unfortunately, it would be super weird to bring this up with any of our neighbors. We've only lived here for a few months and don't know anyone well enough to ask them about something so bizarre. I asked him for as many details as I could when he told me about it this morning. He felt he could rule out sleep paralysis or any sleep-related hallucinations as he had been wide awake for some time. No drugs or alcohol involved either. As for the floating lady, she was not close enough and it was too dark for him to see any details, but she appeared to be a humanoid, female figure with long white or light-colored hair and a slim build. Her clothing appeared to be a light, wispy material, possibly a gown, but again, the darkness and distance didn't allow him to see many details. She didn't glow or emit any light and looked to be completely solid. So, basically, my husband saw what appeared to be an otherwise normal-looking human woman, besides the obvious floating, flying thing. My husband says he's been lost in thought and walking around in a stupor today because he absolutely doesn't believe in paranormal stuff, but he can't explain what he saw. Let me start by putting this out there. By no means am I trying to convince you of what I saw, but I wanted to share this experience I had recently, and this seemed like the best place to do it. It was three nights ago, and I had just gotten off work at around 3 a.m. I worked 10 hour shifts, so naturally I was exhausted, but having gotten so used to my schedule, I was still quite alert and present. I live next to my grandparents, but since my cupboard usually stays bare, and we're in the middle of nowhere. They're kind enough to leave a door unlocked for me when I get home so I can grab something to eat before heading off to bed. During the night in question, I came home like usual and quietly slipped in through the back door to make my way to the pantry. My grandfather has a bad habit of sleeping on the couch in the den 
so I had to be sure to stay extra quiet as to not disturb him. As I'm passing through the den, I happen to glance in his direction, and when I did, it took a moment to register what I was seeing, and then all I could to not scream. There, in the dim glow of the television screen, sat a small, winged creature, propped up on one of the arms of the couch, sitting in my grandfather's direction. Its body was hunched, tucked almost into the fetal position, but it was sitting straight up, hands resting on its knees. I froze solid and simply stared at the thing. It looked somewhat like your typical depiction of a demon or devil, but its body was a solid black, not hairy or cast in shadow, but a solid pitch black. Offsetting its skin color were two longish, oval-like eyes and a set of perfectly straight teeth, both a piercing white. I didn't notice any horns. As to be expected, its teeth came down to small points, and its little ears on either side of its head came up like spocks. Almost unconsciously, my bag I carried to work slid off my shoulder and hit the ground at my feet. The thing and I sat in silence, and it seemed to regard me for a moment before putting a bony finger up to its lipless mouth and making a shish gesture. I could feel my mouth quivering as I stared at this little thing. The glow of the TV flickered as a jump cut happened in whatever was on, and in that brief moment of darkness, the thing was gone. Just like that, it had disappeared. There was no indication it had ever even been there, or even an indentation where it had sat, and I spent a solid half hour looking for anything to prove what I just saw was real. I've never suffered any serious hallucinations or anything like that, and it felt just as real as anything else that has ever happened to me. I slept in my grandparents' spare bedroom that night, admittedly too afraid to be all alone in my own house. They didn't mind the next day, but I sort of half-heartedly explained that I was too tired to go to my own house instead of telling the truth. I'm really scared for my grandfather's life, or my own for that matter. I don't know if this was just some creature intent on delivering an ominous warning, or it just felt like goofing around. I really don't know. This is something that happened to me back in 10th grade. I couldn't sleep, and I was feeling restless, so I decided to take a walk along the greenway near my house. Most people would have reservations about walking through the woods alone in the dead of night, but it was a safe neighborhood, and I knew the greenway like the back of my hand. No more than five minutes of walking through the woods, and I hear a girl singing. I recognize the tune right away. It's Camp Town Races. You know, Camp Town ladies sing this song, doo-dah, doo-dah. I look around for the girl, but it's pitch black. Not wanting to suddenly come across her and frighten her, I shout out, You have a nice voice. No reply, she just keeps singing. Weird. I continue walking, but the singing isn't getting any further away. Is she following me? Or are we just coincidentally walking the same direction? I make a sharp turn and start walking down another path. The singing follows. Another sharp turn. Again, it follows. Okay, now I'm 100% sure this bitch is following me. I start trying to pin the location of the voice with no luck. I think she was purposefully changing her volume to prevent me from knowing whether I was getting closer or further. 
and now I'm really starting to get freaked out. I bolt and start sprinting back home. I was running track at the time, so I was pretty certain I could ditch her. I get home, kick off my shoes, and turn on my TV. I'm about 10 minutes into an episode of Aqua Teen when I hear a voice that's not coming from the TV. It's a girl's voice, singing fucking Camptown Races. For a brief moment, I just sit there in pure terror. This can't be happening. I run outside barefoot and frantically look around. I realize that the voice is coming from above me. She's on the fucking garage roof. I kept a ladder on the side of the garage so I could climb up and smoke weed. My parents thought I was tanning. The ladder was the only way up or down unless you wanted to jump and chance a sprained ankle. This is it. I've got her. I race up the ladder just in time to see a figure in a red hoodie disappear off the side of the roof leading to the backyard. She had jumped. I watched her race across my backyard, completely unfazed by the fall, and book it over our six-foot fence like it was no big deal. I briefly considered chasing after her, but I couldn't in my bare feet. Frankly, I don't know if I wanted to. I don't believe in ghosts and ghouls, but I'm still freaked out by the whole thing to this day. Roughly around 1940, my grandmother was riding a horse with her uncle, heading to another village. They were riding in a rural wooded area when a rabbit crossed their path. The horse panicked and stood up on its hind legs. The rabbit looked at them and then grinned and giggled something they couldn't understand because the horse was making so much noise. He finally calmed down after the rabbit continued on its path. My grandmother was an only child of a priest, and she had always told this story as the time she met the devil. There's a similar thing that happened to a grandfather of a close friend. He was in the woods and saw a young goat, so he wanted to take it since it looked lost, and he didn't think it could survive a long time on its own. The moment he took it in his arms, he said something cute to the little goat, and it looked up at him and repeated the sentence, in a mocking, sarcastic voice. Both happened in Macedonia. Does anyone have any idea what they are? This happened when I was about 13 or so. It was summertime, and I was on vacation with my parents. And we had hit the road and driven quite a ways to visit my older sister, who lived across the country. After spending time together and sharing supper, we decided to call it a night. My parents slept in my sister's bedroom, and she slept in a neighboring room with her small son. It's important to note a few things at this point. My mother is a round, short woman, with very delicate feminine features. She has round glasses, and that night, and went to bed in a long, blue nightgown. My sister, on the other hand, is very tall and athletically built. Taking after my dad in regard to her facial features, she too has glasses, but unlike my mother, hers were square-shaped. She went to bed in a shorter, orange-striped nightgown. These small but substantial differences are key. Now, since all the bedrooms were full, I was given a blanket and pillow to sleep on the couch with. Of course, like any kid, 
I watched TV for a few hours, well into the night. At around 4am, it dawned on me that we had plans for the next day, so I should try and get some rest. After tossing and turning for about an hour or so, I gave up and just laid on my back, staring at the stars visible from the nearby window. As the natural light flooded the room from the sun rising, I flipped through some photo albums. I did this for a while, not having slept at all the entire night. At this point, I was pretty bored and lonely, hoping someone would wake up soon and talk to me. Around 8am, I heard a door slowly open, and someone came out into the hallway. At my sister's house, the living room is sunken in, and a small staircase of maybe three steps leads to the raised kitchen and dining room. The hallway is also in this raised area, and connects the bathroom and bedrooms. In the living room, there is a doorless archway that leads down to the basement and laundry room. This means that I could look up and see what was going on in the dining room from the couch. This person hummed a little and then was caught off guard by a table in the dining room full of framed pictures of family my sister had on display. I don't know how to describe the way they looked at the photos, besides saying that they were bewildered by them, maybe even enchanted, letting out an occasional oh and ah. I could tell it was a woman, but I wasn't sure if it was my mother or sister. This was strange because, like I said, they looked alike but were also very distinguishable. I also felt this weird feeling because everyone in my family has seen these photos many times and I'd even say that they probably own a few of those exact same photos, so why act so amazed by them? I said, hey, ma, what are you doing? In a nervous yet warm voice. No response. Okay, it was my sister. Hey, good morning. What are you making your dear sibling for breakfast? No response. Huh. I knew I was definitely loud enough. They had heard me for sure. That uneasy feeling in my stomach grew stronger now, and I had no idea why. The likeness of my sister and mother was there, so it wasn't like a stranger or something. Then, I noticed something very off. They were wearing a knee-length blue and orange striped nightgown. Their height wasn't short, but it wasn't tall either. It was average. They had a muscular build, but could not be called skinny either. The hair was the same color as both my sister and mother's, and so was the skin color. My heart skipped, and I thought, who the hell is this? Maybe someone else stayed overnight? But how could they? I lay right beside the front door all night. Then, they turned around, and went to inspect another photograph on a wall. Their face made my heart sink. It was a hybrid of my mother and sister's most discernible features, with glasses that were round at the bottom, but squared on the top. Their eyes were not my mother's or sister's. They were very wide and unnerving, and darted all around the walls very quickly, very excitedly. It was as if my mother and sister had been Frankenstein together into one person. My knee-jerk reaction after seeing their face was to scooch my legs in and pretend I was sleeping. I could feel the veins of my neck beating very hard 
and my breathing became very loud and labored. Whoever the hell it was came down the stairs and looked around the living room with that same excitement. I don't know how to explain how scared I was as it came closer to me. I thought maybe if I stayed quiet it would pass me. I was also scratching and pinching myself in case I was asleep without realizing it. The pain was very real. I was definitely awake. I watched with my eyes squinted. The thing took up an interest in a photo album I had left on the table, very close to me. Then, probably the worst thing that could have happened, happened. My sister's portable home phone rang. My sister had answered a call last night and had put the phone on the couch's frame between the wall and its cushions. The thing's face became very alarmed, and it turned in my direction and saw me. And then, it became very, very angry. I opened my eyes and looked at her in her face and just stared back, with my entire body trembling. Its eyes were pure black, total darkness like two huge pupils staring right at me, and furious. It opens its mouth unnaturally wide and screamed a no at me. And then it turned and darted down the stairs to the basement where I heard a door slam shut, all the while yelling, no, no, no. I stared at the archway for a long time, still shaking and digging my nails into my arm, begging to wake up because I was so afraid it would come back. I was wishing I was just dreaming. I literally could not move because I was too scared to get up in case it came back or was waiting at the arch and I couldn't speak. It was like my brain had abandoned me. An hour must have passed like that. I didn't move. It had stopped yelling and this, for whatever reason, was even more scarier to me because at least when it was yelling, I was sure it was downstairs and not slowly climbing back up the stairs to fillet me alive. I heard a door open again from the hallways upstairs, and I stared at it, full of adrenaline at this point. It was my mom, exactly herself and in the right nightgown. She was humming as she put on coffee and started making toast. Another door opens, my sister this time, fully as she had looked before heading off to bed. She and my mom talked for a bit, and I just stared at them. My sister eventually saw me, staring at them over the banister, and yelled, <laughs> What the hell? Why are you staring at me? Why didn't you say anything? And I replied back in a very shaky voice. I did. Twice. And they looked at each other, confused. I ate breakfast with them, and eventually realized that I was awake and really had not slept at any point that night. I decided against my judgment to tell them, in case it came back upstairs. They pretty much laughed at me and told me I'd just fallen asleep and imagined it. My sister told me to go sleep with my nephew and asked me to try to fix something in her room that had fallen out of the windowsill onto the floor during the night. On my way to her room, I walked by that table in the dining room and noticed that all the frames were moved and in different places than last night. I pointed this out very excitedly, like, See? And my sister just shrugged it off, and said that her sound like looking at them. 
I kept pressing the issue, and eventually, my sister went to the basement and searched every room, just to make me shut up about it. She didn't see anything unusual. I lay down in the bed, but didn't sleep a wink. I still think about it from time to time, and didn't sleep on that couch again, opting instead to sleep on the floor of the room my parents were in, and I locked the door. I've been questioning reality ever since.